Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. We've been studying over the last several weeks together in a series that we're calling Faith for the Future. And uh, I think these things are very important, especially where we're at right now. I'll say this for us personally in our own lives and in this ministry. This is very important for us because we feel like we are staring our future right in the face. There's some dreams that have been inside Sarah and I for almost 10 years now, and we've just been allowing them to grow, I guess, and the, and the Lord has been leading us. Uh, if you've been with us at all on these broadcasts since the beginning of this year, we talked about standing in the crossroads of life and may, having to make course corrections and decide what direction you're going to take when you're standing at an intersection. And that was coming up out of this place in us, sensing that that was right where we were and had been for quite some time in an intersection, needing to hear the voice of the wisdom of God say, turn here, turn here, find out which direction to take. And uh, I can tell you today with confidence that we have heard from the Lord and we are packing up and we are moving on up. And there's some good things happening right now. If you haven't heard already, uh, we are leaving Fort Worth, Texas, and we are heading towards Colorado Springs, Colorado. This has been a dream of ours for a long time. And uh, we're moving the ministry that direction, but the, the icing on the cake, if you will, is that we are launching a church. Legacy Church is coming to the Colorado Springs area, actually just outside Colorado Springs. And uh, we're aiming right now at the fall of this year. So I know that's just around the corner. There's a lot of work to be done, but the Lord's brought us a beautiful piece of property. Uh, needs a lot of love, needs a lot of attention, but we're excited about the opportunity to turn it into something beautiful. And right now, like I said, we're looking at the future right in the face. This is it. This has been the dream for a long time. And now we're staying staring at it, so what do we do? And that's why I'm talking to you about stepping with faith into the future. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, when, when Peter said, look, Jesus, the tree that you cursed, it's withered up from the roots. He said, have faith in God. That's the answer. In every one of life's questions, in every single situation, what are we going to do? Have faith in God. When it comes to your family, have faith in God. When it comes to your, your, your business, your finances, your health, have faith in God. Because this is the house we're in, amen? This is the house, this is the house I feel like I grew up in, the house of faith. That's what the scripture refers to it as, the household of faith. And every time I come to you on this broadcast, you notice I say, welcome home. We're in the house of faith. That's what this is all about. And we believe that a big part of the assignment on this church and on this ministry is to preach that it is Jesus for every generation and to treat this local church as a, as a platform from which we reach the nations. So it's a local church with a global call preaching and teaching the nations and serving a generation with the word of God, teaching them how to live by faith, teaching them how to experience a whole life prosperity and teaching them how to raise a family in the house of faith. And raising a family in the house of faith, you're going to find out that there are things that make you different than every other house. There are things that define you as, as a young person, as a child growing up in this house. And whatever age you are right now, you are a child of God growing up in His house, the house of faith. And there are things that we say and do in this house that other people in other houses don't say and do. And there are things that other people in other houses say and do that in this house, 
We don't talk like that. We don't live like that because there's supposed to be a difference. You know that, right? You get that. Please tell me you get that, that there's supposed to be a difference between us and them, us who are born again, full of the Holy Ghost and them that are not. There's supposed to be a difference between us and them. And believe you me, launching a church in a political and even in a spiritual climate when, when much of the church is doing everything it can to blend into the world, I am alongside Sarah and our team, our staff, our family launching this thing with the realization, the recognition we're called to look different, to be different, to walk different, to talk differently than everybody else. That's the assignment on this church. And part of what defines us as people of faith is not just what we say, but how we say it. This is what we've been talking about concerning our future for the last several weeks on this broadcast. Not just what you say, but how you say it. And that's what so astounded people when they heard Jesus speak. They said, where do you get this authority? In other words, these words are coming from someplace higher than we're used to. All the words they'd ever heard were coming from down here. Jesus' words were coming from a place of authority. And they marveled at the words that he spoke. They marveled at the wisdom that he spoke with. They marveled at the authority and the way that the words he spoke manifested in the signs that he performed. Well, this should be the same thing happening in our lives. This should be the very same thing taking place in our lives that when people hear us speak, that we speak with confidence when everybody else is not confident. We speak with certainty when everybody else is uncertain. And when it comes to our future, most people can't talk with confidence about it. Why? Because they can't see it. They've never been there. They don't know what it looks like. Most people find it impossible to disconnect from the sense realm, to disconnect from what can be seen and what can be felt. But you and I are called to see with a different set of eyes. Amen. We are called to see not only the seen, but the unseen. And we know from the scripture that what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And those are the things that you and I are called to look at. So while everybody else can only be confident about the present, you and I can speak with confidence about the future. Listen to it again from the book of Hebrews chapter three, verse six. Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are or whose house we're a part of, whose house we're in, he says, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. You're in this house, you're in his house, and what characterizes you and I as children of this house is the confidence. The confidence with which we live in and the confidence with which we speak. The word boldness literally means unreservedness of speech. And we've looked over the last couple of weeks at Peter and the disciples, even when they were be being threatened by the religious leaders to stop preaching in the name of Jesus and to stop stop what they were doing and to shut that up and to shut that down. What did they do? Even after being threatened, threatened with physical punishment, threatened with imprisonment, threatened with death, they turned right around, went back before the Lord and said, you heard what they said. You heard their threats. Now we're asking you for boldness. 
We want more boldness to declare the word. And he gave it to them. And he gave them the boldness to declare the word. And he gave them the signs and the wonders to confirm the word. And the place where they prayed that was shaken when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And part of the Holy Spirit's job, we looked at this last week. Let's look at it again together again today. In John chapter 16, part of the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit's assignment and his job in our lives, we see this from Jesus in verse 13. He says, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all the truth. That's an interesting word, guide, if you look it up. It literally translates to the concept and the idea of a tour guide, a tour guide. Well, what is a tour guide? Well, when, when you show up at a place, you're on vacation, you've got your family and you're going to go see the sights and you're going to go walk around this museum or this monument or whatever it is, but you've never been there. You don't know the way. So what do you need? You need a guide, right? You need somebody who knows the way. And I, I like the ones, I like the ones that have been there, you know, for 50 years. I like the guides that have been in that place and been taking people around that place for decades now. Why? Because those are the people that know the most about it, right? I mean, those are the people that have walked the path over and over and over again, especially if you're going to get up somewhere in the mountains or something and you're going to get somebody to take you up around in there. It's a smart thing. If you've never been into some far off remote place before, it's a smart thing to find somebody who's been there, seen that, done that, and lived to tell about it. But there's a lot of people that say, no, it's cool. I've got a map. I'll figure it out. And they try to guide themselves along the way. It's better to have somebody who's been there and seen it, been there and done that. That's what's all packed into this word guide. The Holy Spirit is your tour guide. That means when it comes to your future, and we're talking about faith for the future, you can put faith in Him. Why? Because He's already been there. That's big. He's already been there. He's already seen it. He's already walked the path. And He's the one that can lead you down that path and say, watch out for this. Don't step there. There's danger ahead. He's the one that can keep you safe on that path if you'll listen to your tour guide and stop thinking you know a better way. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. That's like, hey, everybody, follow me. I know the way and nope, there's a cliff. <laughs> Don't follow that guy. Don't follow the one who thinks he knows the way. Follow the one who knows the way because they've been there. They've seen that. They've done that. And now they're here leading you into your future. Again, part of the job description of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into, into the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The New Living Translation says he will show you the future. I just want to tell you something today and I just want to encourage you with this. Your future is something to be excited about not something to be fearful over, not something to, to um, try to run from, not something to be afraid about. Your future in God is something to be excited about. Amen? 
it's time for you and I to start getting excited. I know you hadn't been there yet. I know there's a lot of it you haven't seen, but you are full of the Holy Spirit and He's been there and He will show you the future. He will tell you things to come. I don't know if you've experienced this before. I bet you have. Have you ever just been so looking forward to something? This usually happens to me and Sarah once, sometimes twice a year. We get excited and we have gotten excited for years now about vacation. She and I, our, our honeymoon, our, our first vacation together, we had an amazing time. We still to this day talk about the adventures we had on that trip. It was amazing. We were in Mexico and we did some of the stupidest stuff. Oh my gosh, we got on the wrong bus to go ride boats and we ended up in some city 45 minutes away and it was, they were wanting us to ride the ATVs, the ATVs, you know what that is? ATVs, four wheelers. They want to take us on this four wheel excursion. We're not even in the place we're supposed to be in. And then we end up getting on these little speed boats out in the middle of the ocean and we're riding along thinking, how is this legal? You know, we don't really, it's just a different experience. I don't have to get into all of it. All that to say, we made awesome memories on that trip. A year later, it's time for our first anniversary. We're believing God to go somewhere special. He totally provides for us. We end up going to Hawaii for our first anniversary. God paid for the whole thing. It was miraculous. It was amazing. And ever since then, she and I have gotten in faith together together about vacation, about rest. We see that the Lord's in it and He wants us as a couple, as a marriage and in our family to have that time of rest. So every year we, we talk about where we're going to go, what we're going to do. And without fail, we get it booked and usually it's months in advance. And so now what, right? We're, we're in the present, but we've got vacation out there in front of us and we're looking forward to it. And you've experienced this before. You've ever had something that you've been looking forward to. I'm going to tell you something. There is power in looking forward to it. There is power in having something out there in front of you that is drawing you towards it day after day. There's power in looking forward to it. You could be right in the middle of something that you don't like, that doesn't feel good. You wish this day was over and all of a sudden you lay down at night and it just comes back to your mind. Ah, oh, vacation cometh vacation draweth nigh. And it's enough to totally change your attitude. You could have had the worst day you've ever had, but because you got something out there in the future that you are looking forward to, it's enough to put a smile on your face right in the middle of whatever junk you're going through. I'm telling you, there's power in looking forward to it. I saw this with our little girl, Jessie. She's five, actually six years old now. And uh, when she was five, kindergarten, um, we'd wake them up in the mornings. You know, you got to get the kids up early for school. And just like any other kid and just like most adults, sometimes it takes a little bit to get the kids cranked up and going during the day, right? And, and you know, she would wake up cranky. I don't know where she gets that from. But uh, just like most people, you wake up kind of cranky, you wake up kind of sleepy. And this one particular day, Jessie woke up just a little bit on the cranky side and it just seemed like nothing was working for her, right? I mean, she wears these Velcro shoes to school and I don't know where she got this. And honestly, I don't know where she got it. She likes those Velcro shoes so tight. Those shoes have got to be so tight. And when I, I do it and she undoes it every time and pulls them so tight. And I'm thinking, baby, your feet, 
there's got to be blood that gets to them. You can't do it that tight. I don't know why she likes them tight and she likes the clothes to fit a certain way. And just for whatever reason that morning, things just didn't feel comfy. The shoes felt too loose. The, the, the school uniform didn't feel right. And she's just sort of fighting it that morning, a little bit cranky. And I don't know how it came up, but somebody said something to her about her school birthday party that was coming up soon. I think maybe she just said it. She said, Mommy, how many days until my school birthday? Now bear in mind, this is her school birthday, not her actual birthday. See, Jessie was born in the summer months, so she's not in school to celebrate her birthday. And in her kindergarten class, all the kids who have birthdays during the summer, they get to pick their half birthday to celebrate it in class because they won't be there in class when it's their actual birthday. How sweet is that, right? So she says to mommy that morning, when's my school birthday? And mommy gets out the calendar and says, okay, Jesse, your school birthday is in 12 days. Now check this out. This little girl who just a moment ago was so cranky and tired, all of a sudden, a smile hits her face. She's jumping, she's dancing, she's so excited. 12 days till my school birthday. I can't wait, 12 days. Guess what, Justice, 12 days. And then tomorrow, it's gonna be 11 days. And then after that, it's gonna be 10 days. And every day for the next 12 days, we got an update on how many days left until the school birthday. Not the actual birthday, keep in mind. Just the, the fake, the pretend, the made up birthday. And the Lord's giving me a picture in this. He's saying, look, if she can get excited, huh? If she can get excited, if that, if just a, a fake birthday being about a week and a half away is enough to change her attitude, change her mood, how much more so you, you get excited. You get stirred up. You get in faith about your future. Start getting excited about what's out there in front of you. That's what we're doing right now. Legacy Church is coming. Legacy Church is coming. It's on its way. Getting excited about it. And there is enough excitement about what's out there in front of us and the joy over what's in front of us, that it sustains us through any difficulty, through any hardship, through any pressure. Now, if we can get excited about this stuff, if we can get excited about vacations, if we can get excited about birthdays or Christmas or something else in this life that we're looking forward to, how much more heaven? Now we're talking about faith for your future. Do you realize that heaven is in your future? Heaven is as much, if not more so, the plan of God for your life than anything else here on this earth. Heaven. Now watch this. I'm gonna bring this to a close in Hebrews chapter 10. We read several verses from Hebrews throughout this series, and you see this recurring theme about confidence, confidence, confidence. You see it here in, in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us hold fast our confidence. Skip down to verse 32. And I've got just a couple of minutes left. Listen to this. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, recall the former days 
in which after you were illuminated. What does that mean? It means when the light came on, illumination. When the light came on and you saw Jesus for who he was and who he is and the change that took place in you, go back to those days. Recall those former days, he said, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. He's talking about the persecution of the church. Partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. That sounds strange, doesn't it? Joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. People persecuting them, persecuting the church, robbing them, stealing from them, taking from them. And what little they had left, they were joyfully giving into the kingdom and into the gospel. What would cause somebody to live like that? Because you take those, that same set of circumstances and you apply that to somebody outside of this house that we're talking about, this house of faith, and that is not a normal response. Joy is not a normal response from somebody who's just been stolen from, somebody who's being persecuted, somebody who's being threatened. Where's this joy coming from? Where's this supernatural, unusual response coming from? It's coming from right here. Knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. These people were so confident about the reality of heaven and what was in store in heaven for them that all this other stuff was nothing that the present, that the, the tribulation and the persecution of the here and now couldn't even begin to compare to the glory of the there and then. And this is what he said to him. Verse 35, the very next verse. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, your boldness. Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. What confidence? What confidence is he talking about? heaven. Don't throw away your confidence that heaven is real, that heaven is your eternal home. Don't throw that away. There's a reward for that. What's the reward? You have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we, this is back to who we are in this house. We are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. I'm telling you right now, there is power in looking forward to it. Your future is something to be excited about. Your future is something to get joyful over. How did Jesus endure the cross? Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You were the joy in front of him. I was that joy. Having us home was the joy in front of Jesus. And it was that joy was his strength all the way through the cross. Your joy about what's in store for you in heaven and your greater days here on earth just ahead of you. There is strength in that joy and it will sustain you and get you all the way through. Whatever it is you're facing right now, you can be excited and tap into the power 
of looking forward to the future. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.